It's time again for the TCU Food Bank's Taking Care of You podcast. I'm your host, Spud McConnell, and we're going to talk about how you can help feed the hungry and the homeless down in South Louisiana. So let's chew the fat, huh? Now make la vie, as the Cajuns say on the TCU Food Bank's Taking Care of You podcast. Okay, so uh, we're talking to uh, Valerie Robinson here in the uh, TCU Food Bank podcast, which is... This is like only our second podcast of Valerie. I mean, you know, you, you don't really work at the food bank, and yet you're hogging the second one. I don't believe it. How about I let you in the door? Thanks for joining me here from the Terrebonne Parish Animal Shelter. How's, how's, how's the, the animals in Terrebonne Parish right about now? Yeah, so they're better than they were six weeks ago, uh, but still not um, where they should be at this point. So we are trying really hard to to make that um, uh, a di- make a difference in the pets and how they've been affected by Hurricane Ida. A lot of people don't realize how bad pets are affected in yeah. disasters like this, and we've tried to mend the gaps um, and tried to find those gaps and then mend those gaps as best we can from day one. Well, I've had a lot of conversations. I was on the radio during. Katrina, during and after Katrina, and the BP oil spill and catch a lot of people down there with animals. And I, 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 I kind of got fussed at when I said this, but I'm going to say it again. If you can't evacuate with your animals, you ain't really loving. Like, so I was, I was, some lady called me up one time and literally had five Great Danes and a Corolla. I'm going, dear, you, you can't evacuate. And they're all going, well, I'll just bring in a bo- and board them at the vet. They ain't going to play that game no more. You can't bring them to the animal shelter. Would y'all watch my animal while I... No, no. no we're going to be not... shipping them out, so... Yeah, so um, part of the disaster preparedness um, and, and your plan that we tell everyone should include your pet, especially your pet, because you do have to make separate accommodations sometimes for your pets. So we don't board, and we encourage everyone to include their pets um, on our website, tpcg.org slash animal shelter. We have a list of items and also some links to hotel... Uh, uh, pet-friendly hotels and lodging, etc., et so that mm-hmm. people are better prepared uh, in the future. We did find a lot of abandoned animals. Um, part of the community uh, assessment that we're performing right now, a few questions on that is, um, you know, what were the challenges with evacuating and how can we better prepare you in the future and how can you better prepare yourself for evacuating with your pets? Yeah, well, and the bottom line is you need to evacuate. I have two cats and a dog, and they're all little bitty. So I got three carriers to carry her in if we gotta go. We also have a feral cat that lives under our shed, but uh, sorry, you ain't coming with us. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I mean, it won't let us get. She loves to come out and she'll stand five feet away while you feed her and everything, and she'll like go rub on the chair that you just sat in or where you're about to sit in that kind of stuff. But yeah, you know, I ain't gonna be able to. This cat's gonna claw the hell out of me if right. I try to put her in a carrier and bring her yeah, out. Yeah, we here. certainly understand those. And right now we are actually collecting information on feral cats mm-hmm. um, and what we call community cats to find out what impact there was from Ida on our cat population in Terrebonne Parish. And so we know that there's a lot of displaced um, individuals. And so some of those individuals that are, have been displaced were caregivers of community and colony cats. So what we're trying to do right now um, uh, is get an assessment. So if you know about cats, if you have cats around, that's one of the things that we'd like for you guys to do is on our Facebook page, um, there's a, a link to tell us about those community cats and how many there are and whatnot so that we can put 
particularly focus on on helping those. And if you don't do that, you can go, well, this is the crazy cat lady who's been feeding all these feral cats for We're a year. We're trying to identify all yeah. of those people that, you know, um, would be caregivers or just people that know about the cats to be able to, to again, identify, make sure that they're all fixed. That's our, our big goal. That's yeah, And that's always been a goal. And I've talked to, you and I were talking before we got into this about Anna Zarilla, who runs LASPCA in Orleans yes. Parish. And she's a trip. That's a hard working girl. <laughs> I even knew her predecessor. Yeah. Anne Maloney. Yeah. So, yeah. So those, and you, I mean, y'all in that same ilk. We are, we are, we partner very closely with the LASPCA. They have been one of the um, great partners that we've had. Speaking of partners, um, you make the American Humane uh, Group, national organizations, IFAL, ASPCA, without them during Hurricane Ida, we would not have been as successful as we were in helping animals. We hit uh, boots on the ground day one, and it was very long days. I had staff members who were sleeping in our shelter. Um, it was just one of those things that you almost can't believe it unless you see it. Mm -hmm. Without those partners, American Humane, we had to open up a temporary pet shelter because the, the number of animals coming through our shelter um, was um, by the dozens per day, and that was way more than normal. So as of today, since Hurricane Ida, we've taken in over 775 animals. That's through our shelter doors. That's and that's not, just the ones that got picked up and brought in. Exactly. There's a whole bunch of them out there that you're not going to exactly. get anywhere near. And, yep. yeah. and so that's where you know the help came in place. When we first started after Hurricane Ida, our response was search and rescue and, um, and start the process of recovery and, and response. And one of those things uh, was to feed in place. And so we, w we went out into the community on week one, two, and three and tried to assess to see what needs there it? were, yeah. yeah, and so we were feeding animals in place where so they you were. You also can't just go out there with a fifty-pound bag of dog food and just slit right. it open because you don't know what kind of critters right. are going to come eat that. Yeah, so we did um, strategic um, feed in place and and provide care in place, trying to find neighbors or friends, somebody that would be able to provide care for the animals until we can come back and pick them up. It was very difficult in the first few weeks, and so that was part of the um, the partnerships. They helped out. We took we took in so many animals that we knew we would need help with space, and so we opened up a temporary pet shelter. American Humane uh, operated that shelter for us because we were again over overflowing with the animals that were coming through. And so, like I said, today we've taken in since Ida seven hundred and seventy five animals. That's a lot of animals. How many do you normally have at any given time in a normal situation? If I go to your shelter, how many animals can I expect to see? Um, in the month of September, you can expect to see two hundred to two hundred and fifty. Uh, we still don't have, I mean, we, we don't currently have 775. That's the number that we Yeah, but you took that in. many in. Yeah. Yes, since then. Um, well, wait, we you took that many in. I mean, how many of them were feral? How many of them were people, you know, I mean, these are people who are looking for their animal. Most that, of those were dogs. Uh, yeah. Some were cats. Most of those were dogs that were separated from their people, whether they were displaced or uh, abandoned or mm -hmm. just loose, to be honest. There are so many fences down that hardly anybody has fences. So we see a lot of dogs running loose and people just not knowing where they belong. The dogs getting lost because they're not used to being out because they normally have a fence. Um, so we've seen a lot of that. We've, we've had success in placing and returning animals to their owners. That was our number one mission and it still is today, trying to keep people with their pets. And so part of that was when we you know, figured that there would be no one coming for this unclaimed animal or abandoned mm -hmm. animal. We partnered with our um, our friends uh, on national organization uh, national organizations to be able to place uh, a lot of those animals. So I think we've placed over three hundred 
uh, and 75 of those in all good homes. Yeah. Because I know they got people that, like pilots who volunteer to fly animals yes, all over the place. we flew a lot of animals and we also, they had ground transports of animals that we, once we yeah. determined that there was no owners, my team were going door to door and putting that, um, those notices and like, hey, this is, you know, we picked up a, a lab in this area, is this your animal? So we tried, we've also posted those on our Facebook page and I know not everybody has access to the internet. So we were try to really get into the community deep, uh, into the community every day, every day, all day, we were assessing and reaching those people to say, Hey, you know, we found this dog, you know, is, yeah. is this your dog type of thing. And so we were, you know, is it easy to find the owner or is it easy to go, okay, somebody, somebody in Ohio will take this dog and put it on a transport and send it to Ohio. It depends. Um, so now we have so to also remember that we're South Louisiana and it's colder than you know what in Ohio. So yeah. I don't know how anxious I would be to be shipping some animals up there. Yeah. You so know. they do, um, the, the Northern part of the parish is where we typically send those animals out that we are transferring just because they have, um, lower volumes in shelter, higher spare neuter, um, rates and, um, lists of people waiting to adopt animals. So we do tend to send to the North. Um, but we try our very first efforts. We increased our, our stray hold from three days, which is a normal three day stray hold. So if your pet gets loose, it's a normal three day dog for dogs. Um, and then we increased that to 15 days after the storm because we knew it was a struggle for people to be able to come in within those three days. And, you know, people yeah. were disoriented. Some people weren't back yet. Some people, you know, lost their pet and didn't know where to go. I so mean, Katrina, yeah, I didn't we, get, I, I got to come back in 10 days. But it was three weeks, four no, weeks. No, it was more like know, two months before two I brought months. my family. And back. so for us, that's what you know. We we really made it a goal to get people back with their pets. And a lot of people also realized that they couldn't have their pets anymore. Um, and for that, there are some resources that I'd like to talk about as well. It's one of them um, is uh, a temporary um, housing for animals through foster homes. So it's called 911fosterpets.com, and that program is specifically designed for disaster or emergency situations just like this, where people are struggling to meet that need for their mm -hmm. pet temporarily. They know that this is this is all temporary for all of us, but they know that, that their, their situation is temporary. They're just struggling to meet that temporary goal to get permanent housing yeah. and whatnot. Well, you, you only have so much space, so many cages. Right. You have so many people to walk these animals. So exactly. Just, just some place for them to go. Foster Look, homes. Sit down right there. There's your food. There's your water. I'll take your walk. And yeah. there you go. And so that's our goal is to, to keep them out of the shelter. Even though we have amazing human beings in our shelter, they're yeah. the best of the best. They still don't really, animals shouldn't go into an animal shelter unless absolutely necessary. So the 911fosterpets.com is a temporary solution. Other people are willing to sign up and they say, hey, I'll foster your pet until you get back, you know, into, yeah, into the game. How long do you normally foster a pet with something like that? So it depends. And that's strictly between the two. The great thing about 911 foster pets is that it's strictly between the two um, individuals the owner of the pet and the foster home. They oh, so you, and a lot of this time you know who the owner is right. and they just can't take the pet exactly. back. Exactly. Oh, so this okay. particular program is designed, it's a website that's designed just for situations just like this. So those two people can coordinate directly. The shelter doesn't have to play a role in that and it's it's fantastic because they get to, to communicate back and forth with their, you know, the person that's temporarily caring for them and their owners to find out what their dislikes are, their likes are, etc. So it's a really nice program designed, again, for temporary help. And that's They're, people who want to have an animal, but they don't. I mean, okay, there's a lot of people who, who, I got a friend of mine who fosters cats, okay? I don't want to say she's a crazy cat lady, but at any given moment, you go to her house, and there's like nine cats there, and they're nine cat boxes. They got their own litter boxes because she can't let them out. You know, they'll who knows where they'll end up. Uh, 
But she doesn't have any permanent cats on her own. You know, none. And it's, yeah. it's like every time you go to her house, it's like, wow, you got cats. She goes, they ain't mine. Yeah, they're monsters. Know? But, but she, she foots the bill. I mean, yeah. she foots the bill for the food and the whole shebang. Yeah. She works with um, uh, Spaymark. Yes. So yeah. You know them. You know Lynn Sheesh and all them. Yeah. Yeah. So we need more um, individuals just like that, and that's what the nine one one foster pet does. So if you're interested in fostering somebody's pet temporarily, if your home wasn't damaged or destroyed, and you're listening to this, go to nine one one fosterpets.com and sign up as a foster that you would potentially help somebody out temporarily. There's some other options, more permanent options. For well, wait, we're going to talk about those afterwards. We've got a little break here from Valerie because you've got so much information, <laughs> and I haven't told one joke yet. <laughs> So anyway, more on the uh, TCU Food Bank podcast right after this. Do you know what it means to miss New Orleans? The next time you have to travel, take along a couple of pounds of Parish coffee, and you won't be missing New Orleans for long. Brewed right here in the land of coffee lovers, Parish coffee has the taste you're looking for. From dark roast to coffee and chicory to flavored coffees like Bananas Foster or Bourbon Pecan, French vanilla or king cake or you name it, Parish Coffee has a flavor just right for you. Look for the bright purple bag in the coffee aisle of your favorite market. Or order it online, have it sent right to your door. What a perfect gift for any coffee aficionado. Sip the soul of New Orleans in every cup of Parish Coffee. Uh-oh, that doesn't sound too good. You better start filling sandbags. Oh, wait, you don't have to do that anymore because you have the home team advantage. You called Home Team Elevation at 504-301-1222, and you got your home lifted above the flood. No more worries for you. What about your mama's house or your uncles or your brothers? Home Team is ready to lift their spirits even higher than your home. Get the Home Team Advantage by calling 504-301-1222 or go to hometeamelevation.com. And we're back talking to Valerie Robinson. So what did you get, like, raised by wolves or something? How how did you end up doing all this stuff and taking care of all these animals at the TPAS? Is that what you call it, TPAS? TPAS, yeah, Terrible Parish Animal Shelter. Um, So I knew very young that I wanted to to help animals in some sort of capacity, and I think as we all, all animal lovers, we start with the thought of being a veterinarian, and I realized that once I graduated um, college with my bachelor's in animal science, I felt like maybe there was something else out there mm-hmm. and stumbled upon this job and that was 19 years ago and I haven't looked back. Well, good for you, but I got to tell you, most of the, the the two people who build the biggest houses in my neighborhood are veterinarians and dentists. So, sure. I, don't know, I don't know how big your house is, but uh, yeah, it's bigger just... than mine, I can tell you that. But uh, no, I, 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 a good friend of mine just, you know, he, he started Pet Care Center. And he's now retired. He sold his business to a corporation. And, uh, and my daughter actually works there. Uh, and she deals, she's a receptionist. She deals with the animals and stuff. She's not going to be a vet. You know, she goes, I don't want to be bad. I feel bad enough every time they have a euthanasia. I hate that kind of stuff. But she loves the kitty cats and the puppy dogs. And so she digs her job. But I'm, I watched, you know, the stuff that they have to go through. You know, and you just don't realize how... Because you just bring your pet and that's it. Or one of the things that I read and talked to a lot of people about is like, okay, if it's time to have their pet put to sleep, they just bring it over and drop it off. So this animal that's been with you, it's part of your family, you're not there with it at its last moments. And it's like, you know what, that's that's part of being a real pet owner is is that, doing coming with the ugly and taking the good to good. There's always more good than ugly, mm-hmm. but you got to take the ugly with it, you know. Yeah, 
job. Um, the good news um, is that we've made some, you know, pretty substantial operational changes over the years, and we've been able to um, increase our save rate to over 90% um, for the last uh, about a year and a half or so. And so that's uh, that comes with a lot of hard work. That doesn't happen just by wishing. Yeah. It um, comes with a lot, a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication from every single one of my staff members. And you can't forget those volunteers who we could not make it without. Oh, have same to. thing here the food bank. There's no way we There's can function no way, without yeah. the And so our community really stepped up, um, especially during COVID. We saw some major changes as well, and people were fostering and adopting and you know, really kind of starting to, to center back into like the needs of the community. And that was really great for us. So I'm really thankful um, for my team. And I'm also thankful for the community and the volunteers that we get. We would not be able to do what we do every day without yeah, them. And that's an everyday thing. So this this is a crisis. Yes. So you certainly can't function. I got to ask you one other thing. And then one, because I know you got other stuff you got to bring up. But I got to ask you this. Okay, so we're talking about feral cats. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, I've, only, I've, only, I've only seen this a couple of times. But, yeah, uh, when I lived in Thibodeau, doing the kingfish back in the late 80s and early 90s, there was a pack of dogs that ran together as a pack. They never attacked anybody that I'm aware of. But when you have a, you know, a situation like this that a bunch of displaced animals, feral cats are one thing, they'll kind of halfway hang in the same block. Do you see packs of dogs running around since they're such a pack animal to begin with? And if they're freaked out from a storm situation that forced them into this position, are they dangerous? Is it something to consider? So we, ha fortunately, we haven't seen many packs of dogs. There are some cases that we run across where there's multiple dogs that are in the same area and they do kind of form a pack, but it is short-lived because we usually get calls about that and mm -hmm. my team will go out immediately and start working on that, whether it's a dog trap or finding the owner or whatever that might be. They can be dangerous, so we definitely don't let that, you know, grow or continue. So don't fool around. If you see it, call. Call immediately. We don't We don't want packs of dogs running around. Uh, public safety is our priority out there, and so when you're seeing an aggressive dog, you want to stay away from it. You don't want to try to, you know, wrangle it yourself. That's why we have the professionals that we do that with trained, mm -hmm. you know, uh, experience and also uh, equipment. Um, so your feral cat's not going to do the damage like a, a pack of dogs. Yeah, they may mess up your flower garden yeah. looking to go, but other than that. Right. And so one of the things with the community cat um, assessment that we are trying to do is take that, that whole, I guess, kind of take a survey and, and try to figure out exactly what's out there. Um, and the other survey that we have going on is a uh, community assessment uh, for pets. We're trying to figure out in the community what those unmeet unmet needs are and so we know that we've reached um a lot of people we've been distributing um supplies with the pods the food bank here mm -hmm. uh, has been one great partner of ours they've been helping to get information and also um, pet supplies out to individuals that that might need it um and a lot of that was food we tens of thousands of pounds of food we've distributed from day one um but we also have other supplies that if people are struggling with keeping their pet restrained, for example, we have some not really nice yeah, ground all the fences down. The fences yeah. are down. And one of the things that my team, we were, you know, pretty creative with that. We bought um, uh, some ground runners that are really nice. They're 60 foot ground runners. And that allows people's pets to be able to stay in their yards and restrain, but not necessarily on an illegal tether. This would be more appropriate. For What's them. an illegal tether? So an illegal tether is like a stationary 
a tether where you put one end on maybe wrap around a tree and the other end on the dog where a zipline trolley type is an is a, uh, a legal method of I, we used to have rottweilers and we had uh, we had one of those in the backyard one yeah because we had an older one and a younger one and let's go oh just get outside and run up and down. Yeah, and so this helps with, I mean, the fact that, let's be honest, fencing is the last thing that people are worried about. They're starting on their roofs, and, yeah. and most of us still don't have roofs, you know, repaired yet. So I, they, haven't, they haven't fixed my roof yet. Right, so I, then the inside of your house, your roof, the inside yeah. of your house, and the fence comes last. And to be honest, it's one of our biggest challenges right now in our community is that people's pets are running loose because they're so used to having their fences. What and, about those things you you screw into the ground like yeah, a screw and it goes that's, around? That's, it. that's exactly. a good one? So what what we are better than a tree what we're distributing right now is the anchor where there's two you put one on one end of the trolley and one on the other they're ground runners so they have a stake that's cork, kind of corkscrews into yeah. the ground we're giving those out at, as of right now so if you need supplies like that please contact the shelter um again there's that community assessment right now on our facebook page there's a link that basically says tell us what your needs are and so you can kind of choose what those needs might be we can't make promises, but we certainly do have some grant funds that we want to be able to help people keep their pets. Yeah. And that's our biggest goal. And so we're going to use it in all of our time and energy as much as we possibly can to keep people with their pets. And if that means keeping your pet happy and healthy at home by a ground runner or a temporary housing area, or, you know, maybe you need a bed, maybe you lost some supplies in, in the, the storm and you need a bed. Maybe you're holding on to your mother-in-law's, you know, dog because she's out of a home. And the supplies, you need some supplies to be able to help separate them too. You know, maybe yeah. you need a crate, a, a dog crate. We have those supplies at the shelter that we're offering people um, to fix their situation. Bring right it back now. when you're done with it. You yeah. know, yeah. once you get your, your fence fixed, bring the crate back, you know, sure. to somebody else. What about, what about uh, like rabies shots and things like that? I mean, you don't know what kind of coyotes got chased out of the marsh and, and who yeah, knows what. So we're working with another organization to see about getting some medical services provided as well. We don't have those details ironed out yet, but it is something to keep up with. But that's something that people who have a pet that, you know, if it's hard to restrain or if you see the pack of dogs or two or three dogs or something, you need to stay on top of that because yes. not everybody recognizes rabies and, you know, it's a serious it's, disease. It, it, yeah, so yeah it's, they're very dangerous before they get the slobber and fits. Yeah, so um, rabies is a zoonotic disease, which means that it's transferable to humans, which is why it's a big deal that you get rabies vaccinations every year done by a licensed vet. They only are legal when a licensed vet does them. So we do encourage everybody to be, you know, you know, taking their animal to the vet and whatnot. And if they need assistance, that's another thing that they need to call the shelter about because it's something that we also might be able to help them with, guide them in the right direction to can, be able to, to Can you set up a thing maybe where, uh, you know, like we do food distributions down there, so maybe you can bring That's a vet down there. That's what we're on with another organization right now is that the, that medical piece is to yeah. try to get the some mobile clinics going on down the bayou areas and, and the harder hit areas. So that's and I don't have the details of that yet, but that's in the but works. But it's coming. And you can find out more, so you should stay in touch. Like, you should friend your Facebook page. Our Facebook page. That just, that's exactly the easiest way to do it, if you way. have Wi-Fi. If you have Wi-Fi. And if yeah. you don't have Wi-Fi, when you get to Wi-Fi, you know, go ahead and... Well, and a lot of times it. you could just do it if you got a smartphone. I mean, it'll work, it'll yes. work the data, data, so you got to be... So it's like, I got a phone, you know, my phone uh, thing, I finally broke down since I got three college-age kids, uh, so everybody has unlimited data on the phone. Right. So I got... 
And that's how we're getting um, across most of our information. We find that people, even the down the bayou harder hit areas, do have um, access through their cell phones with data so that they're, however they're communicating otherwise. So our Facebook page is probably the best place to get information right now. That is where we've been pushing out information. Yeah. And though the links that I've told you about today and all of the, that information can be found on our Facebook page and it can also be found on our website. And that's tpcg.org slash animal shelter. Or honestly, if they Google Terrebonne Parish Animal Shelter, it's going to pop up and you'll be able to find us. But our Facebook page, please like and follow that. Tons of information, tons of support that we've been going for the and last two months. If you got a couple extra bucks, y'all take it. And if you got some food or if you got an extra couple of cat beds, you yeah. certainly do that too. Our Amazon wish list is one of the things that we put out on, um, you know, uh, on our Facebook page we've been sharing because there's specific items that we need to get to our community. Yeah. And so there are people who are around the country and around the world, honestly, watching and following Hurricane Ida's aftermath. And so a lot of those people who are not affected that want to help can click on that link and it comes directly to us. It just literally ships over directly to us. And that there's no you know worries that, that oh, I have to get it, get it to you guys, or whatever. They can go on our Amazon wish list. And it's specific items that really will help our yeah, community. Yeah, yeah. well, we're, we're kind of the same way. I don't know if we have an Amazon wish list. I'm fairly new here. But I do know it's like people, oh, I, I'll bring it. You know what? It's like we ask for money. I can, you can go and buy a big can of yams for Thanksgiving. You give me the money, and I can go buy like six or seven of them. You right. know, but yeah. I'll take the yams. Don't right. get me wrong. Yeah, I'm out of time. But uh, what's the last thing you want to say that you wanted people to do? Because I, I know you were talking about, oh, I can talk for three hours. I ain't got three hours. <laughs> I can talk forever because there's just so much happening and on a normal basis. But I think the biggest thing is for if, if you're looking for help with your pet or you are struggling with animals in general or whatever those uh, needs might be is to A, contact the shelter. There's an email address, animalshelter at tpcg.org. Or you can call us, 873-6709. But the biggest, biggest, most helpful thing is to go on our Facebook page because there's access to a ton of stuff, um, resources that we're able to help people with. We're just trying to get to those people. We don't know who you are, yeah. so we need to know who you are. Go to our Facebook page. Look at those. Those have been posted this past week, over the last week or so. So those surveys that I'm telling you about, those that information of you know items... Everything's on our Facebook page that, you know, whether you want to help or you need help, both both uh, sides of that. So it, it would definitely be to please follow our Facebook page and, and if you need help to contact us because we have lots of different resources. Perfect. Valerie, thanks for coming in. Yeah, thank you. All right. Uh, next week we're going to talk with uh, Cheryl Skinner because she runs the St. Francis Gardens and they're going to try to crank those back up again. I know you know your animals eat vegetables, but uh, that's okay. <laughs> I do. So there you go. Another episode of uh, the TCU podcast next week. Y'all be safe. Watch out for the crazies, but uh, I'm a gone pecan. <laughs>